Talk Recorded live. Well, hello, this is uh, Michael the Hermit Adams, and uh, this is Old Religion Dystopia, Knowing versus Belief. And uh, I have with me uh, M.K. Davis again, and uh, once again, you can find the Davis Report. I think it's .wordpress.com. Also, you can find him on Greenway 2010FB. That is a YouTube channel. Once again, Greenway 2010FB. And we have a special guest with us uh, the first time on the show, uh, Jerry Klein. And he comes from the same state that I come from, Ohio. But he's just a little further down south through the center. Uh, he's got uh, knock. Knox County Bigfoot, uh, excuse me, try this again. Knox County Bigfoot Org. You could find it, um, or just just if you want to find Jerry and his work, it's on YouTube. And just put punch in Jerry Klein. That's C L I N E. Jerry Klein Bigfoot, and you'll find him. So, and the same thing with M K. If you're looking for M K on the internet, make sure that you put. M.K. Davis, Bigfoot, you'll find his work and his interviews and et cetera. But if you don't put Bigfoot with it, I discovered with M.K., I guess there's some restaurants out there that have the same uh, name. Yeah, it's San Antonio, Texas. Yeah. <laughs> so make sure you, you put Bigfoot. So, yeah, this is the first time we have Jerry. And I, I am, uh, been following Jerry. I just watched about all his videos. And uh, he's a... Uh, uh, Sounds like a man of many different skills, and one of the things he does, uh, uh, besides searching for gold, is actually uh, searching for that thing that we call Bigfoot. That uh, I hope I never. Be honest with you, gentlemen. At this point, everything I've learned, I hope I have never do see it. <laughs> but I'm, I'm in the company of two men that have. So, um, yeah. With that, uh, Jerry, Jerry, could you introduce us? To who you are a little bit, your background, and why, what possessed you to chase after what we call Bigfoot? Because uh, I don't know. Well, I'm a natural-born Buckeye, and um, yeah, I moved to Michigan oh, back when I was a lot younger than I am now. <laughs> but I got into uh, the logging industry up there, and never believed in them. Never did. I. Um, the time that I logged, I logged up in Canada, I logged to Michigan, up to Peninsula, Michigan, Ohio, and uh, I never thought first thing, you know, I always, you know, people tell me, you know, uh, you ever see a Bigfoot out there? And people told me their experiences, but I just kind of blew it off, and I didn't, you know, I didn't make fun of them or anything, you know, but, and then, um, I decided to, I wanted to move to one of our uh, town here that our gold claim was in, but I wanted to get established, so I stand down on our gold claim in uh, Gambier, Ohio. And um, and I was back here camping by myself one night, and, um, and I, some people, I, I, I helped move, you know, to another or they was moving to Arizona, they give me a little trailer just to haul wood with. They said, here, just take it and sell it, you know. And I said, okay, but it had a bunch of wood and stuff in the back of it. So I had a fire going blazing that night. 
And that was my very first encounter down there on the river. Now, I had been previously before that because I've been getting some weird activity, but I had been habituating them with what they call gifting tree, which was a no-no to me now. I figured that out, and I know a lot of people like doing it, but I shouldn't have done it. But anyhow, I had... You're asking, you're, you're asking I, for trouble if you do that. You're asking for trouble. Yeah, exactly. You know, well, that's what happened to me, too. You'll hear another story on that. <laughs> but I had the fire going, and it was uh, probably 1.30 in the morning, and uh, I was keeping an eye on that fire, and I heard something splashing across the river there. And I, it was the last week in August, and I was getting ready to pack up my travel trailer. It's a, it was a cargo trailer, and I turned into, like, camper. Anyhow, um, it was last week in August, and that's when that following week was when uh, Gold Rush Day started in Butler, Ohio. So I was getting ready to leave the next morning. Well, to my surprise that night, I heard splash, and I thought, well, that sounds like a big buck. So I got my spotlight out and hit it, and 30 yards away, stay in the middle of the river, what we can figure, because Sosby come out and did the investigation here in Ohio, and uh, Doug Waller, and uh, he went down there and stood at the river by a branch that I seen overhanging how tall this creature was. And it was at anywhere from nine and a half, ten feet tall, somewhere around there. And probably over four foot wide, thick, through the chest. And when the when my light was hitting him, his eyes was going bright red. Just just bright red. But his hair wasn't like you see on, you know, real shaggy, which my conclusion now that I've been doing this for a little bit now. I think they shed hair like a regular animal does, you know, in the wintertime and in the summertime. But its hair was actually just close to the skin. I can actually see illumination through the the hair to the skin. And this wasn't somebody in a monkey suit trying to scare me because this thing was well-defined. At 30 yards, I could see its gender, and it was a male. <laughs> does that tell you anything? <laughs> But that was what got me hooked right there. But the other part of that was when I seen it and he seen me, it seemed like an hour we stared at each other, but it was only like for a few, two or three seconds, you know. I jumped up, beat feet around, cracked my head on the door, getting in the, the cargo trailer. And then I sat there with a loaded shotgun on my lap, and I didn't hear nothing. And, uh, it, and it felt like I was... I thought I was sweating, you know, just, and then come find out I cracked my head open and I had blood all over me. And then I finally fell asleep because I didn't hear nothing. So I laid there and I woke up next morning. I was laying on the shotgun on the cot and I woke up my pillow and just soaked with blood. So I poked my head out the window, out or out the door, I should say, of that cargo trailer. And it was daylight, you know, early in the morning, like seven o'clock and, and my milk jugs, empty milk jugs I had on the table, always water jugs, same thing. They was all turned in a cor- pointing it inward at each other, and one of the lids had been screwed off of it. But, um, and I had, I I was camping, so I, you know, I had a few beers, and 
I always keep my areas clean, so I had a actual trash can there with a bag, you know, with cans in it, and it had been taking the sips out of the beer cans, then there was a trail of beer cans <laughs> from where I was sitting at, from where the, the Bigfoot had took the beer cans, I was taking them last sips out of them cans, and but anyhow, yeah, it was. You know, I was thinking that. there, Jerry. Jerry, I was thinking, you know, when you had that, uh, when you were, which we we're going to talk about, obviously, when they attacked your tr- your uh, camper, the trailer there, you should yeah. instead of uh, uh, freaking out and all that, you just should have thrown that uh, the beer out there for them. <laughs> That's probably what they well, wanted. They probably would have been awfully happy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well. That was at the time when they now when that that story there I mean what the story it really happened and I had to involve the sheriff's department but yes one sheriff look, said he seen something that, but uh, hold on Jerry you can li- yeah you can, you can listen to that folks on his uh, YouTube channel that he's got the audio recording there also uh, MK at any time yeah. you want to interject and ask questions because you're the man with the experience far beyond the rest of us. Don't hesitate, okay? I know you're a good listener as well, but um, don't feel like uh, you can't say, ask any questions and all that. So, with that, yeah, it, uh, sounds, it sounds like Jerry has got a, a pretty good bit of experience himself. Uh, yeah, that, uh, real that's fast. Pretty yeah. like. So I'll, I'll let you go back to telling your your your, your story there, uh, Jerry. But I just wanted to, uh, you know, it's very traumatic. Uh, it's yeah, I mean, with my first sighting there, yeah. So I got, after that sighting, I went to the gold camp the next day to the other place in Butler, Ohio, and I started telling people, friends around there, it's clubs of both of them, the OSTA and the GPA. And they said, uh, you ain't going to believe this, but we had one run through camp here like two or three nights ago here at Butler. I said, you got to be kidding me. I said, no said all the campers see it going through here. And they said it wasn't somebody in a monkey suit playing a trick on us. And they said it run with so much speed that it went from one camp, because camps are kind of spread out down there when there ain't events going on. And this was before the event went on. And people was having their campfires, and all I seen was a black spot, just huge and massive, running through from one camp to the next, down to the next, down to the next. I said, you got to be kidding me. So I, I went back in the woods where one guy and his uh, two boys was camped right by the edge of that woods. There's an opening where people drive back in there and get uh, firewood. And I went back in there, and oh, my God, there were structures everywhere back in there. And I said, that that told me right there that that wasn't uh uh, a man in a monkey suit that runs through everybody's camp that night, you know, at the gold claim there. So ever since that, and then I, I, I was listening to, I was listening to, uh, one podcast. I can't remember back then. It's, it's been quite a while ago. Um, for three or four years back, said, don't feed them, you know, you know, that's the best thing to do. Don't, don't habituate them. Uh, if, I know there's other people on YouTube shows they've got habituation sites and flutes and pies out there. And I just, I, 
what happened with me with my cargo trailer getting attacked, I think that might have been the problem, too, because I quit a bitch waiting, but I went back to camp there, and you know, and uh, but there's actually two at that, that cargo trailer that night that that happened. There was one that was directly with its eyes right into the window, and the other one looked like it had to bend down, which its arms spread, and the handprints on the cargo trailer, which since then I lost the information the pictures on that uh because somebody hacked my uh knox county bigfoot organization on facebook and i didn't have anything backed up no nothing so i had to take everything down and what i was trying to do is move it to another knox county bigfoot organization ohio uh facebook page and in the meantime everything got deleted i was like i was so disgusted you know but what can you do? We're in a world of uh, electronics, and people are learning how to hack them, you know, and it's hard to, to get around that, you know. Yeah. But uh, the one that attacked my trailer was a 17-inch footprint. That was the biggest print because I casted several casts from down that same area there, actually glued one back together, the very first one, because. I think the guy that hacked my Facebook page broke into my home and, uh, because they only went after my SD cards. They dug through my stuff here and they, they destroyed my cast that I had. Now the one cast, the 17 inch print, the night that my cargo trailer got attacked, Doug Waller has that one. Thank God that it didn't get, that's the ones the police officers found. When, or the deputy sheriff, when they got there at night, my trailer got attacked. My dog so is dug a hole. By... So the deputy chair, sheriffs, when they showed up, finally, they actually uh, saw footprints themselves? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the handprints, yeah. everything. They, I, I they made me take my shoes. Yeah, they made me take my shoes off and look and see if I had mud or anything on dirt. Oh. Look at oh, my yeah. hands. And then the handprints that was up there was so far spread apart. None of the deputy sheriffs could spread their hands that far apart on there. And it's a tall cargo trailer. I couldn't reach up there and, you know, put my hands up that high onto the edge of it. Unless I was on a stepladder or something. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you've had a hell of a ride the past couple of years, especially the past year. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, uh, Gosh, there's so many things I want to talk to you about. Some point down this this, this journey of today, and then this this hour, oh. I want to talk to talk to you about your very first video, and about your dog and him barking. I just uh, because uh, uh, well, I'll talk about it now. Uh, the very people if you check out the very first video on his uh, YouTube channel, uh, uh, check out the very first video they ever posted, and he's with his dog. His dog is barking and. Or his or her head off. What's your dog's name? Bug. He, yeah, Bug. he's a male blue yeah, tech coon hound. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm. I. If you look at ten minutes and twenty six seconds, and I'm telling you, it may be pareidolia, but that damn thing is no further away from you than I would say ten fifteen yards. It's on the same side of the river. I can see it, and it's in the water. Really. You now, look see, at I it. didn't see. Yeah, of course I you didn't see. Of course you didn't see. Only, it. <laughs> yeah. 
You know, I only, I only review my videos on my phone. That's it. And now, I, for some reason, I cannot get my laptop, which is an older laptop. My sister gave it to me, and uh, she donated it for me for the, you know, my Bigfoot research. But I don't ask nobody for donations. I don't ask money for nothing for my research. I just, um, oh, I'm kind of funny that way. You no, know, you just, I, I, you're best. You're best uh, not getting too many people involved. But listen, uh, in this picture, uh, in minute ten and twenty six seconds, there's a V. There's a tree and it's uh, submerged in the water in the bank there, and it's probably just. Uh, it could be an illusion. Just, but uh, it looks like the damn thing's staring at the dog, and the dog's staring at it. It's got its arm between the, the V of these two trees. And uh, could be, I mean, it could be, but then again, you know, I'm discovering a lot of these things are being caught on film uh, while uh, the uh, folks are filming these things aren't, don't see them themselves. It's only after the fact, and I guess it's only, I guess maybe takes a, a bit of an imaginative eye like myself and uh, an artist, right. see, but I see two eyes, I see a nose, I see a the mouth, and I see a conish type head, and it's brown, and and it's but it but it's 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 uh, as naturally, it's not very clear. Now I don't know about this whole this cloaking thing and what else is going on. But, I don't. Uh, uh, but there's something. <laughs> but whatever is going on, it's it's. Something that uh, we, uh, well, at least the average guy, doesn't understand. Right. So, uh, anyways, it's definitely worth a look. Um, well, yeah, you, you've got MK Davis on the other side of the phone there. Yeah, <laughs> uh-huh. I tell you what, he really can look up some good stuff on there, and if he he more welcome to look at that. <laughs> I just, well, I didn't even. That's he the has, first comment I've ever got on it, you know. He has looked at your stuff, and uh, MK, what have you? I don't know. I don't know if he's had much success yet, but uh, hey, maybe you could interject and share a little bit about what you've seen and what you looked at. I know you only looked well, at one or two videos, so I haven't looked at all of my stretch of imagination. I I've been a little strung out this weekend, but uh, the ones that I did look at, that they were uh, distant. Uh, those were the ones that uh, you sent me, Michael, the links, uh, where he's pointing to something moving out there. Clearly, he can see it. But the edge, edge of the farm field and uh, that uh, wood line. You know what we're talking about? Right, uh, right. And, and the, oh, there's, yeah. there's, no, there's, yeah. no, there's no camera that can approximate what you can see with your eye. Um, no, no. So if, if, if you're going to probably, if you had got to choose a camera or a lens, you're probably going to choose the wrong one for the wrong situation. The odds of you having the correct camera equipment is very low. Uh, if, if you if you get a zoom lens, it's well, it's going to narrow your field of view, and everything close is going to be out of focus, and, and then a thing will jump up ten feet from you, you have nothing but air. Uh, if if, if you if you if you get a wide angle lens, then he'll show up somewhere across the field and be so small you can't tell anything about it. You know it. It's it's just difficult to make that proper choice. Some people choose to maybe get, you know, the cameras that have them. 
that have the, uh, the the kind of the multiple you know zoom on it where you can move in and out and sometimes that helps. But uh, I'm here right. to tell you that as far as filming a Bigfoot, it, it the, the likelihood is kind of low of you get quality images. Uh, and I, oh, I, it's I, not I, that low. It, it's not that low that you'll get one. Uh, you know, people get them right. all the time. It's hard to get a good image of one. Right. Yep. I I believe you there. It, it is. It's it's you know. I mean, it's like yesterday. I went to the drag strip, took pictures of my dog in the motorhome. He's ten feet away from me, and and he's still blurry. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and I'm doing it with a my camera phone. I do everything with with my uh, cell phone. You know, it's a smartphone, yeah, but, but they're they're not I mean, they're not any good when it comes to action. So you need to have them. No. proper type of camera that uh, that's kind of like a camera that you use for sporting events, that kind of thing, where it's, it can, right. uh, you know, cause, but cell phones aren't designed for that. So, you know, you take a picture of something like, I'll try to take a picture of my son and the, the, that little booger, my son, he is, he's like, would you please stand still long enough for me to take a picture of it? Cause everything, every picture I got of you is a blur. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, and you know these things—they're—they're they're not sitting still for you. Uh, no. So, but uh, yeah, no. The other one was the picture that you had, which is—I mean, I have to be honest with you, uh, Jerry. For the trail cam. Yeah, yeah, the one of the, about the uh, the the juvenile uh, Bigfoots and the one that had the two nubs on its head. Tell yeah. us more about that. I mean, I have to tell you, it's very difficult to see. I don't. I think MK looked at it as well. I did. I looked at it. Yeah. So, but tell us more about uh, that. I, I tell you honestly, I don't know what the it's. Uh, I've got the picture blowed up right here. I did. The guy stole it, and I had to. Luckily, I had to have it stored on my my laptop. So I re-downloaded it onto a new SD card. Took it and had another picture blowed up, and it still looks the same. Same one as I sent MK. But when you look at it or put it back on 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 my laptop to where you can blow it up with the phone and look at it, you could see detail on it. I mean, the eyes, the cheekbones, the nose. Um, I've had one comment. Now, did, somebody you, said, did you say that you actually sent it to MK? Yeah, I sent him that that particular one there. It's, it's just a still picture is what it is okay. from the trail okay. cam. And then black and white, I think, and it's uh, it's the one it's the one I said about the juveniles, and um, there's one peeking over the grass. There's the one there that's right out in the open, beginning. You know, I, for anybody to really analyze it real good, I'd have to send them the SD card because I can't do it off of this picture. It's just with yeah, the naked eye, you can look at this picture and tell that there's something right there. You know what I'm saying? It's not blurry. It's not pareidolia. There is something there because when I did it on my phone to clear it up a little bit, it popped out there. I was like, now the original picture, you can actually, it shows the eyes glowing on the SD card. The original, you know, the original before I pushed any exposure to it or any of that, it's in the same as black and white, but you're seeing the two eyeballs with the two nubs, but no, no snout like a, a 
button buck would be. And this picture was taken the last year in September from my trail cam. And I was in a hot area at the time. I mean, real hot. And it's what it is, it's a swamp. And it backs up from the Mohawk Dam. When the dam starts, when the water starts flooding uh, the Wahoning River, they'll shut that dam down and it'll flood that whole plain down through there. It'll look like a huge lake. Well, this was right down there after, you know, it hasn't flooded here for a couple of years now. So, but it's still a marshy area in there, but there's dry patches in there. I finally walked in there last fall and I could see there was actually structures in there. I did a video where it went. I don't know what happened, <laughs> but anyhow, but it was so cool. It's in the valley there. And uh, it made sense to me if, there's, these creatures going to be in here. They ain't going to be up on top of that mountain up there with the sun beating down on. They're going to be down here in this valley, right down that coolness, down that bottom, and just lay there, you know, conserve their energy during, during the day. And then at night, they get out, hunt, forage, whatever they wanted to do, you know. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But yeah, well, that, that, picture, that picture there, I, I can't tell you. I mean... I'm not an expert on this. Um, I'm uh, a five-year new researcher on this, put it that way. But I'm not in it for the money by far because I know these creatures are real. We know nothing about them, and you, you know, won't make any. You won't make any money anyway, so don't worry about it. <laughs> hey, hey, Gary. Gary. Yeah. Let me advise you on that. When you get into bigfooting, you start out as an expert and then you go downhill from there the longer you go uh, by the time, time you've been any longer than I have you realize you, don't, you didn't ever know what you thought you'd do and you don't know what you know <laughs> yeah I mean it's the thing, they show up in the strangest places me and AMK uh, last week or the week before we've been doing a series and we were talking about how uh, him and his friend were there in Death Valley and uh his friend took a picture of MK, and I don't know how many, 100, 200, 300 yards back, there's a big old monster. It looks like it's got a, uh, this is what I'm saying now. It looks like it's got, uh, it's carrying something over its shoulder, like a, a big, uh, was it a big horned sheep from there or something like that. So, um, yeah, they show up in the strangest places. So, I mean, so, yeah. and here's the thing. So you saw it first, uh, you know, that night and, uh, they drank some of your beer and then you were hooked. Uh, cause you know, this, yeah. this okay, listen, there has to be something psychological. Some people call it spiritual, whatever it is that, about this component, this whole thing, a, a, a huge component to it. Because I mean, look at MK, look at you now, look at me, you become, uh, obsessed about it. You didn't ever even seen the darn thing. Um, I mean, I've seen it on photographs, and I've, I, and I'm confident that I've seen it because from the photographs and from the videos that I've seen it, uh, the person that made the video didn't see it himself. I saw it. Right. And yeah. uh, so it's so uh, you know, uh, there's something going on, gentlemen, that's beyond uh, beyond. Um, 
our comprehension. And these things, uh, I don't know. They don't. I hope I never do see one because it sounds to me like once you do, it's like, it's like a, you're possessed by these things. All these people out there, I mean, the thousands of people that see these things, many of them try to keep it, you know, you know, suppressed, but ultimately, yeah. you know, the, the floodgate will be opened and, you know, it's next thing you know, it's researching and doing everything possible to try to figure uh, it out. If you... If you've watched my videos, you'll know it's, I I talked about the conferences and and yeah, you know I've been to several of them. I have spoke at, and it's you know your breath is all you're getting back because what you put out, breathing out and sucking back in is all you're going to get. What it is, everybody there is an expert. <laughs> I hate to say that on air. I mean. You go and you listen to it, it's it's like walking into a chicken barn. You know, it's all you hear is all hens clackling in there. And seriously, like MK says, and I say, there's no experts in this because we know nothing about them. But you would not believe the people out there that, you know, they sound like they went to college, they've, you know, they brought it to science and this and that and the other. And no, it's, there's just no proof of it. You know what I'm saying? If you have a sighting, it's a life-changing experience. It really is. It was for me because I didn't believe in them. Well, um, I think that... Then I, I, ended up doing, I, 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 I ended up doing the wrong things, you know? I Well, this is my opinion at the point, at this point, whatever it's worth, gentlemen, that if you have seen it and you know you've seen it and it's a life-changing experience, I don't think there's, there's any more need for proof. The thing is, Relying so much on "quote unquote" science, and I'm not someone who's anti-science, but I also know that it's turned into a religion, and it's turned into what you know people call scientism, where the truth yeah. could be easily manipulated, uh, and uh, well, basically, uh, the basic principles of science is it doesn't seem to apply. It just doesn't apply. I mean, it's the only thing I could, you know, it's like I was talking the last show with MK or about uh, the discovery of a new monkey there called the snub nose monkey in uh, the Himalayas. Yeah, yeah. And it took all, yeah, that time, that all that time for them to find it. Um, and they had this crew and they had to spend basically a whole year up there and off and on up there in the Himalaya mountains, Eastern Himalayas, just to give you, 40 minutes of film of these things and um you know it's and these these were well funded with the, the best equipment you possibly can have and it takes an enormous amount of time in nature to capture it you can't now you can have your your sightings and the sightings to me gentlemen are just the same as all the other things that you see in life all the other critters so many of the other critters i've seen whether you know, uh, it could have been a, uh, a weasel, or it could have been a, a flying squirrel, or it could have been a, heck, you know, a possum's a little slower, so you get a few more seconds out of it. You might get a minute or two, but most things, a coyote, whatever, they're there one moment, and they're gone the next. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not, it should be expected when you're in nature that those are the kind of interactions that you're going to have. 
it's abnormal for something that's rare to spend much time with you. But if, but if, but if you're someone who's interested in it, uh, it will be imprinted into your mind. I mean, the first time I ever saw a redheaded woodpecker, uh, or yeah, you know, the first time I saw um, a group of nesting eagles. Uh, well, you just don't forget that. You can't forget yeah, that. No, huh? And thing of it is, I don't research these creatures at night. <laughs> okay. Ever since the attack on that cargo trailer and the one that I've seen in the middle of the river, and the juvenile I've seen on the other side of the river, I'll get to that story, too. And then the latest one I've just seen here, what I called behind the dog park, the sheriff's department here in Mount Vernon. Yes. But anyhow, uh, I don't, I go out and I set up a trail cam, and now I got this picture here. There's nobody around there snapping pictures. It's remote. There's no, there's, you know, maybe this was new to these creatures. And you can actually hear them walk bipedally around the audio recorder when I had it set out there. It is amazing. But that's what I like to hear. I don't like to say, oh, I got proof. Check this out. That's me. Uh, you know, people go to bed with headsets on their heads, listening to maybe the sound of water or the sound of nature or something that calms them. It does me the same way. When you can listen to nature, especially at night, the frogs, this and that, and then pick something out of the ordinary, you're using your mind, not your imagination, but your mind. And you're knowing when you hear because I've been a deer hunter all my life. I, I used to trap. I haven't trapped because there ain't been money in furs anymore. But I still do. I provide myself with deer meat. I know what a deer sounds like when I'm in a tree stand when it comes walking in. When another deer hunter is walking down from me before I even spot his orange or his camouflage, whatever he's, he type season it is, I could tell it's a hunter, you know. You hear bipedal walking, and um, I cannot find anything else. Now, when we went bear hunting up in Upper Peninsula, a bear steps on its step. So it does kind of got a sound of bipedal walking. But I'm in an area here with no bears, you know. So I can't explain it. It's just uh, I'm trying to explain it's what I'm saying. I won't go out there and set the chair with a light and try to, you know, get these eye shine on them or anything. No way. I don't want that. <laughs> you know, you know what I see. You sure you don't want to be a Bigfoot bait? You know, that's a, is that everyone's dream to be Bigfoot bait? <laughs> just being kidding. I'm that's just why I use my, yeah, my buddy's been having one coming up on his property and for some reason, it sounds asthmatic, and it got worse after the following weekend. I wasn't there down Perry County, and he said he could hear it walking clear up one crossroad and up into the next neighbor's woods. I said, when he went down in there mushroom hunting, I went ahead and set up my audio recorder, my trail cam and everything, which the trail cam took crap on me, but it's three years old. It's probably got weathered or something in it, but I've got two brand new ones I haven't even broke out yet, so 
and they've got the audio with them with the, the video and everything. But he said when he was back in there mushroom hunting, something was, was uh, you know, walking parallel on him. But it was, it's thick down in there, believe you me. It's in the bottom, like what I was talking about, Mohawk Dam. It's, it's just, it's a swamp. And he was down in there mushroom hunting, and he can hear something wheezing on him. You know, it's like that. And then I picked it up about 9 o'clock at night going back up the hill towards his house that weekend I set up down there on his property. The trail camera wasn't working. And it went right by the audio recorder. Went right by it. So you never know. I just, it would probably explain what the heck it was wheezing, but it sounded bipedal. Too, too late. Well, come find out next weekend, my buddy said, man, I can hear it real loud. So I don't know. I don't know if these creatures get sick. Uh, like down Florida, I asked one guy, I said, how do you think they weather against the, the cotton mouths and the rattlesnakes down there? He said, we don't know. So, that's where I go back to again. Nobody's an expert on here. We don't know. We know nothing about them. Well, MK's down that way. Uh, MK, uh, have you heard much about the wheezing thing? About what? The wheezing? Yeah, the wheezing. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people uh, oh, no. describe when they're. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know of other examples of it. Uh, there, uh, there was an example of Albert Huntsman. You remember that famous incident? Where he got kidnapped. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, you, you know what? You know which one I'm talking about up in British Columbia. Yeah, saved himself uh, from uh, was, was snuff. <laughs> yeah, two by Inlet. I think what they where he was at. Yeah. Um, the, when he was being carried off in his sleeping bag, that one wheezed and hacked him with that was asthmatic. Didn't slow him down any, but he said he heard it all the way up to, to where he was dropped off. I'll be darned. But you got mighty big lungs there. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's probably got plenty of lungs. So even even if it's got problems, it still can it still can climb up a mountain without breaking a pace. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, I actually got a book here at the house about Albert's story in it. Yep. There's no way to tell what they carry in the way of disease. I've heard different people say they were highly resistant to most anything. But if that were to be the case, then they could carry it and not have it. You're taking a huge risk uh, if you handle anything that they've handled, anything that that came from them in the way of bodily fluids or, or, or scale or, or scabs or anything else, because yeah. it's uh, just not, don't know what they have or what they can potentially give you. Uh, well, if so, you think you know, about their, their, uh, their hairy creatures. So you're thinking about, well, they've got to be full, you know, they might groom themselves and all that lice ticks. Don't forget, you know, that, that they're carrion eaters. So, who knows what kind of diseases they actually have? I think it's a very unwise uh, it just as to uh, sit down and have a powwow with a grizzly bear to have a powwow with these things. 
even if they don't rip off your limbs, there's a good chance they might give you something that, uh, well, the doctors may not have any. I don't, I don't know. I don't know if you remember this guy named Timothy Treadwell. That name, name sounds very familiar. Uh, Timothy Treadwell was a bear aficionado. I say aficionado. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The the grizzly bear. Uh, And and he, he habituated those big brown bears up there in Alaska. I mean, he was calling them by name. You know, this is Fluffy. This is Billy. This is Red. Uh, And then one day he went up to his old habituation place, had his girlfriend with him. And there, the, the, they had been a filled berry uh, harvest over there on the coast. And all of those big brown bears, hungry as they were, left for the interior and came to this territory. He didn't know these bears. <laughs> uh, and they didn't know him, and they apparently thought he was food. And he was. And his girlfriend. Yeah, they yeah. both were. Said, I know the moral of the story is, you know, don't, don't habituate things that, that could potentially eat you or kill you. Uh, yeah. Well, you know. It, the, yeah. 100, 100% agreed right there. I, I believe that 100%, MK. Yep. Was this, if uh, you don't know, if you don't know all about them, uh, habituators are people who typically can't wait to learn about. You know, uh, they'll, they'll risk life and limb to to shortcut the whole process. You know, right. uh, they don't they don't do it safely. If if they if if they tell you that they are feeding them and they feeding them where they live, that's now if it's it's different maybe if you're going. 50 miles away and leaving a pie or something, you know. But if you're go- if you're going out your backyard, uh, expect trouble. I mean, really, it'd be it, it would be uh, it's got you know they they're not gonna they're not gonna do anything but expect you to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's like this old saying goes: nature is a serial killer. You should remember that. Um, <laughs> back to you, Jerry. Uh, tell us more about your experiences. And uh, gosh, I'll okay. okay. get on to that juvenile I was telling about, which would be my second sighting. Um, after the big guy, we had an event the year after I had my first sighting. We had another gold event down there at the camp. It was on Memorial Weekend, and uh, everybody had left. It was uh, Monday morning, or Monday evening, I'm sorry. I had left because I lived here in town, uh, probably 20 minutes away from where the gold camp is, the gold claim down on the river. And it's a mile back in there. It's a mile to the pavilion, another mile to the next road. That's how far back this is in there. And that's why if you hear that 911 call that I have, that's why it was so difficult. And I kept telling the 911 dispatcher, I kept telling him, it's not the upper driveway, it's the lower one by the river. I said it like five or six different times, you know. But anyhow, 
But to drive all the way back in there, I got back in there. I come home, had to get some stuff, and then go back and get my cargo trailer and my gold equipment, pack it up. I got back there, got everything packed into the cargo trailer, loaded the quad up in there, everything all packed nice and neat. And I sat down in one of my fold-up chairs, you know, camping chairs. I looked across the river, and I seen what looked what, to me like, uh, uh, are you guys there? I'm here. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyhow. I looked across the river. The dog has got an auburn red a cattle dog, and the same bandit. And I seen something auburn red over there, furry, on all fours. And I said, bandit won't cross that river. I, I don't know why the dog won't cross the river. He'll walk around in the water, but he won't cross the river. And when it's down, you can walk right on across it. So... I'm a, I get the binoculars out, and I start looking across over there, and I'm going, okay. Why, what's he doing over there? I thought maybe he was digging around for moles or something. And I heard some stick taps, just not, not knocks, stick taps going back in the woods, back across the river there. This little juvenile, he just stands right up on two legs. All I got to see was his backside. He just stood up. Looked straight back into that woods and then just walked off. And I watched him with binoculars till he just did, just faded. He didn't he didn't morph or what do you call it again? Um, uh, he walked into the foliage and disappeared, same as a person would. You know, he didn't. Uh, uh, I what is, what is it everybody calls they're doing when they disappear right in front of your eyes? Uh, now that you asked, I, I forgot. Uh, not to, um, oh, cloaking. Cloaking, thank you. <laughs> cloaking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. it didn't cloak. It just went into the foliage, but I couldn't follow it anymore, you know. It got so thick in there, I just couldn't see. You can actually see you know, his whole body and everything with the branches and everything moving. But he's about four foot high. He, she, it. I couldn't, t- I couldn't tell you about that, but. And then uh, I had that sighting, that one, and then, well, the ones that attacked the trailer, what, it was a eyeball sighting because it was red eyes every time I slept. I had two little windows, or a window on each side of that cargo trailer, and they, I put them in there just so I could get air moving through there, you know, but they was timid, but I had them slid open that night. Now, I was hunkered in the corner crying like a uh, a nine-year-old and didn't get no ice cream when these things was shot, shaking the heck out of the trailer, you know, and uh, I'm talking 911 dispatcher. But the other one that I seen was here lately. I had a juvenile that was following me around mushroom hunting. I did a video on it. Now, I could see him, but the camera could not pick him up, but I could see him. And then once I got, I charged up in through there, then I could hear him running off. I can hear all kinds of stuff busting. I got up there, and lo and behold, right there is a perfectly good half print. Perfectly good half print. See the whole toe and the pad of the foot right there. And it was so thick in there, you know, I can't see, you know, 
I'm not into hoaxing. That's the only thing. If you watch my videos, there's nothing on here about hoaxing. I, I just don't like hoaxers, put it that way. I, it, it gives everybody else a bad name. It's trying to get out and do this safely and enjoy it. But there's just too much hoaxing going on on this. And, you know, it just makes you want to just give up. Oh, okay, I'm done, you know. But I well, that's I'm not wrong. Like that. I... Go ahead. What's that? I said that's not likely to change anytime soon. It's probably going to get worse, um, you, you know, with the, with the advent of, of so many programs that you can do so much with as far as inserting into a video or something. Uh, you see it on YouTube yeah. all the time. People try to see, they got competitions where they try to see how many people they can fool. You know? Yeah, I, um, I just caught I just caught one guy this week. Um, you know, one of the things I was subscribed to a bunch of uh, uh, groups, which I've unsubscribed now, uh, only because after a few months I realized that a lot of these uh, Facebook Groups really aren't doing anything. They're just uh, regurgitating what other people are doing. So, but anyways, this one, this one um, Facebook group that's uh, very suspect. Anyways, this guy posted a uh, a picture, and I think it's called Bigfoot in the Woods, and it's clear uh, with Photoshop, not only with Photoshopping and and also with the technologies they have today, with uh, like double imaging and triple imaging and all this other stuff. And you can layer it, layer it, and uh, it was clear as day that the guy put up. You see, the giveaway was that in such a small space of the picture, he had over three dozen heads that you could find. Most people wouldn't be able to see it. They just see the one. There's a bunch of other heads all over the place, and they're like... Uh, in a certain uh, section of the picture where there was no leaves or anything like that. So, anyways, I can go in more detail about that. But the thing is, I got to be really careful. That's why uh, one of the things that I've been using as far as uh, finding some of these images is actually using people's video, you know, like their recordings of uh, instead of stills. And because there's a good chance that when I find one, which I have now found several, uh, uh, that the the person who's actually taking the film, the the video, didn't see it themselves. They don't bring it up. They don't mention it. It's not there. Very you know the image is so fast. It's a second or two within the within the the video. So. That's what I found as most reliable so far. Now, I'm not saying that there's not stills out there that are not legit. I'm just saying that uh, it's really easy with all the technology, not only with, with just because of digital cameras and all the different things they have now. I mean, you can go online. I posted a few things about it. Let's see. Um, let me go in here real fast. I'm sorry about this, gentlemen. I don't want to take over the show. But I just want to bring up a couple things that people should be aware of, or they really should, because there's some, there's some, there are some uh, deliberate charlatans. But there's a Canon 5D tutorial, multiple exposures, how you can use that, the double exposure effects, Photoshop tutorial you can give. These are online. You don't even have to be a person that knows much of anything these days to fake something. 
multiple exposures and double exposures in camera, DSLR photography for tutorial. There's tons of them on the, online, and it's really easy to do at this, this point is to, uh, especially with stills, is to, uh, with multi-layering, make it look like something's there when it's not. Now, this comes back now to the cloaking thing. you got to be real careful when somebody shows you a still or a picture and it says, oh, you see, you know, if <laughs> you might want to ask them a few questions about, or at least uh, learn a little bit about uh, multi-exposures and double exposures and cameras. I, I, MK could talk more about that because he's had some experience with the photography, you know, the astral photography. I mean, Tell us more about that. And Kay's done some really great stuff. I mean, really great stuff. I like the work that he's done, and yeah, and that's why I've... It's one of the few I've, reliable voices out there, you know? Really right, like, yes. It, incredible. You know, it, it's what I like to hear, you know. It's, um, I've watched his stuff back before I even had... Just right before I had my sighting, that's when I was getting on YouTube. I was down to camp down in there. and But... Of course, a certain woman that I used to watch that habituates, I used to watch her quite often, and that's what got me into it, and that's what got me in all this trouble. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, so, let's put it this so way. Now, if, if people start putting, you know, if you start seeing, you hearing these people, and they're like, well, you know, uh, I'm Buddhist this and that, and spiritual training, and I meditate all this time, and they turn it into something spiritual... Like, um, uh, you might, well, if you have any common sense and if you still have the ability to have a little bit of critical thinking, you might want to ask some very simple questions, you know, give us the proof and they never can. All they do is have great storytelling, very imaginative. I mean, there's people out there that claim and swear after they've uh, done all these things and they prepare their meals and they... They put them out there that they can hang out with the Bigfoot and all that kind of stuff. And you know what? Maybe at the end of the day, they have. But uh, just like it was, the, the, you know, the story of a grizzly man, you know, the you know, the guy up there in Alaska. I mean, your days are numbered if you do it. Because eventually, there are these yep. wild, wild creatures, and you're going to be on the dinner plate. And <laughs> it's just as simple oh, as yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I learned firsthand, you know. I uh, I watched people's habituations now, which uh, I know M.K. Davis did a lot of work for some people that send him their videos that has or was habituated. I don't know if they still do it or not, and um, I haven't followed it, you know, anything else on that. But um, there's one I, I, on I, I'm there, not, though. I, I like to... I'd like to correct some some of it. Uh, Habituators may not be the right term for these people. Um, right. They they're more like uh, provocateurs. Uh, they they just tried to see if they could get a reaction. Uh, right. Now, the people who owned the farm were doing you know that were there twenty four seven. They were doing some stuff that could be called habituation. When you you know uh, you're leaving you know hot cooked meals, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? But but these guys that that came up there, uh, you know, from far away, that they would they they would make what they call setups, 
uh, and they would try different things. You know, they discovered that these things reacted to, to these tires that they had found that people had thrown off a bridge. Uh, right. So they started chaining the tires up and making it difficult for them to throw them around. Then they chained them to trees. Yeah, I see that. Said, yeah, uh, so, that so that, that, that's tree. Not a, it's really not habituation. It's, it's really a provocateur. They they were trying to get a, any kind of reaction in any kind of way that would work. Uh, but they they were they would do that and leave. I mean, they, they didn't stay there and try to lure the Bigfoot into them. You know, it, it was... Well, they, 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 they weren't trying to have a personal interaction with them, is what you're trying to say. Well, they wanted to see them. I think that was their goal, was to see one. But, but you know, but in a safe kind of manner, you okay. know. Uh, so, it, it, as it turned out, the camera was their, their way of seeing them. Well, yeah. Okay. You know, one of my, one of my, one of my favorites you did was the one that scurried up that tiny little tree who would send her kid up in a monkey suit up a tiny little tree that could only sustain the size of maybe something the size of a, a juvenile or a monkey, you know, that tree, and then it scurried down and jumped five feet off the ground down into the murk down in there. You know, it, it, that right yeah. there proved it. That, you know, that showed it. That was, when you, when you brightened that up and you could sit and you could hear its vocals afterwards, I was like, there is no way, no way that was somebody in a monkey suit, you know? Well, you think uh, it's, it's, to, it's catch-22, right? Yeah. It is catch-22, right? I mean, I'll let, you, I'll let you go, but just going to say this, that when it comes to this whole thing about habituation and all this kind of stuff, and it's a catch-22 situation because, if, you know, if it wasn't for these people doing this kind of stuff, provoking them and all that, we wouldn't probably have half of what we have, so... I'll, I'll leave it at that, but I'll go ahead. Okay. Well, that, that is correct. Uh, I was was it not in their methods. Uh, I was just thinking of their safety. Yeah. Uh, and right, I, I exactly. Of all all people who 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 want an encounter, you know, uh, you'll be careful what you wish for. It, it's it's an encounter may not be what you think it is or should be, uh, and, and there's no way to predict how it would turn out because Bigfoot varies so much. Uh, and when I say Bigfoot, you know, with my new theory, I mean Sasquatch. The the, the true yeah. giants, the Bigfoot true giants, uh, you don't want an encounter with them. It's almost always negative. Uh, the, any of them that are mixed blood uh, down, generationally down the line, uh, area can be a, a lot of different things. Uh, it Yes, exactly. Hello. Yeah, yeah. I was just Hello? thinking about. Yeah. Uh, I got a phone call. To kick my kick my headset off. I don't. I'm not sure if I came through or not. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things is. Um, well, you know, if you look at this, you know, uh, then the amount. Uh, I don't know. I was it, it was one thing trying to get informa- information, getting some data, maybe getting the sighting, and there's a whole other thing to try to, uh, you know, interact with them and try to make you know like a little community. You know, I mean, I hear all sorts of insane things, like you know, maybe if uh, 
you know, uh, we could learn their language or primate language or whatever. And we could call them in and we could talk to them. We could let them know that we're not dangerous. I mean, I've heard this stuff on shows, the people talking about this stuff. And I mean, mind speaking to them. Yeah. And all this (laughs) insane stuff. And in fact, I've had a couple of people on my show who actually, that's what they believe in. And that's what they want. And that, you know, they're forest people. No, they might be forest people, but they uh, apparently uh, don't have the same kind of the idea of a conscience as we do. And if, you know, you know, if you want to go down that road, that's, that's, your, that's your prerogative. But I wouldn't encourage the average person to do that, to actually have, you know, extensive... Uh, multiple interactions with these things because all it takes is that one bad day, that one bad moment. You know what I mean? Next thing you know, you're being hauled off, you get your head popped off and your body ripped up into pieces and let it sit around and rot so they come back the next day and eat eat, eat you like carrion. I mean, these things, these things are not what you think they are. Did you, ever see, did you ever see the video of a seal, people Eating seals uh, that oh, yeah. circulated around the net, and this little girl had some food in her hands. And the seal suddenly jumped way up in the air and grabbed her by her dress and flipped her over into that water so fast it was it was almost too fast to see. It was so fast. Yeah, I just seen that one. Yeah. <laughs> uh, imagine a Sasquatch a similar way. You know, uh, for whatever reason, that seal decided to do that, how many times had people successfully fed that seal over probably a period of years without anything like that? But then one day it happened. And if they had not yep. been Johnny on the spot to get down in there and get her, she'd have drowned. Uh, it, 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 it's just it's no way to predict it. And like I say, you go to the true giants, uh, the ones like in the Paul Freeman video, uh, it's 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 never a positive thing. It's not a positive thing. You're not gonna they're not gonna sit there and and give you the uh, the answers to the uh, riddles of the universe. <laughs> they're looking they're looking for something to eat most of the time, or 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 some other uh, in, a, in some kind of malfeasant way uh, interact with a human being. Uh, it, uh, I've, I've talked extensively with native people that were have long histories with them, and they were always negative. Uh, now it, it's a little different for those mixed bloods, and but you don't know how different it's going to be. You know, any anything's possible. They're more likely going to walk away, but not necessarily all the time. And that's why I say it's a. It's it, you're you're kind of you're dealing with something that's uh, that's you don't know a lot about, you know. Um, if you're having some kind of mind speak or mental thing with them, uh, I don't dispute that because I can't get in anyone else's head. But that's a little different, you know. If if, if they're not right there with you, you know, that's a different. You're not in personal danger. Uh, well, what I'm speaking of is that uh, if you're mind speaking with one and he's just right there, you know, uh, 
you're with people, you're probably going to be okay. Don't get by yourself. <laughs> I mean, well, they, it, they know that. They, they can see that you're alone. I mean, it, it's, it's, that's why the Indians say if you encounter one, speak to it as if you were talking to someone else. Speak in your own language, and while you're doing it, back away. Because the, it makes them hesitate. They don't know for sure if there's not someone else out there with you that they don't see that could have a gun. And so yeah. they hesitate, and it, and it buys you time. And, and you wouldn't have to do that to something that loved you. <laughs> you know, it, yeah. it, well, it, it, I it, agree totally 100%. That's what the Indians say do when you have an encounter. Uh, the Hoopa tribe in particular. Mm-hmm. Now, MK, I seen a video that they somebody come out with here a while back. I don't know if it was Bigfoot Central or what the heck, which one it was. But there's been several since then on this story about out in the Middle East, the the army units that was out there, and then they they find this cave and they thought they was out there after the insurgents, the ISIS or the Taliban, and come find out it was. And it was kind of animated they showed there. And it come out and speared one of the guys and just showed a giant with red long hair. But that story right there reminded me of when you was out west there to the caves out there where you was telling the story, you know, about the Indians burning out the the Bigfoots that was in those caves and then killing them. The red hair giant. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, I was like, that is so eerie, so similar. I mean, eerie, you know, similar to what happened out there with the Indians. And you was in the cave, and you could see, actually still see Char in that cave, you know. Oh, oh yeah, I was, it was like, awesome. holy cow. There was, a, there was a giant handprint in that cave. Uh, yeah, I seen that. It was eight, eight, 18 inches wide. Wow. Wow! Wow! Jeez. Now, how, now how how large were the handprints that you that you found when you had the attack, uh, uh, Jerry? On the on what's your, that uh, now? How large were the how large were the handprints that you found on your uh, your little camper trailer thing? Um, after this the, creature uh, must have come up out of the river, had swam across with the other one. The other one didn't leave any handprints on the other side of the, the cargo trailer. And it must have been a shorter one or a female, but the, the large one is smear marks, like he'd come up from the river, slimed his way up the side of the bank and got mud all over his hands. And both them prints, you couldn't make nothing out. There was dermal ridges on the top, but uh, the, the deputy sheriff said it's just too smeared. I measured them. They was probably a good seven inches wide. But if it's smearing, and you know, if your hands are all muddy, they're going. Especially if it's rocking that camera, a can, uh, trailer like that, you know, their hands are going to slip a little bit. So I really couldn't tell you. That's I measured that that uh, mud slime up there was like almost seven inches wide. Hmm. Y'all like me to read? I have here in my hands the 
I have my here in my hands the actual story of the red-haired giants as as the Indians themselves wrote it. I went to the Paiute uh, uh, Tribal Council, the Lovelock uh, chapter, and, and they gave me this. It's just a little short paragraph. Would you I'd like love to, to hear it? it? Okay. Yes, I'd love to hear that. Okay, it says, before white intruders started to push into Paiute land, the Kuptikata fought with some Indians they did not know. The Kuptikata didn't know where they came from, but they were very tall and had red hair all over their bodies. She wanted to emphasize that because a lot of people say, well, they're just talking about red hair on their heads. And, and they said that, no, no, that's not what, what the case was at all. Kuptikata uh, means squirrel eaters. They, they call themselves the, by the name of what they were. They ate mostly. Uh, this would be the Paiutes, Kuptikatas. He said not only did the Kuptikata band fight with these strange Indians, but other Paiute bands also fought them. These strange Indians were said to have eaten human flesh. Since they ate human flesh, the Paiute people called them Numatikasa, people eaters. Mm. The Paiute people forced the Numatikasa into a cave. The Paiutes asked them to give up the fight, but they wouldn't. The Paiutes placed sagebrush in front of the cave's entrance. The Numatikasa dragged the sagebrush back into the cave. This procedure went on until the cave was completely filled with sagebrush. The Numatakata still would not give up, so the Paiute set the sagebrush on fire and killed everyone inside. Then it goes on to talk about the other uh, uh, trials and tribulations that they that they uh, went through with uh, with white in, in invasion, but that's all they had to say about the red-haired giants. Uh, it seemed interesting to me. I'd like to look up the the uh, the burning uh, uh, characteristics of sagebrush, you know, how high right. it gets. It's a very, right. I, I, I've been out to the sagebrush sea out there in Idaho and between Idaho, between, no, wasn't far from Yellowstone. And that stuff, even growing green, is it, it's, it's, it's rather dry. Uh, my guess is uh, that it would, burn very hot and intensely you know is the sagebrush the same as what they call the tumbleweed after it dries out that you see out west with the wind just swinging around is that the same thing uh, no no it, it's a little different that the sagebrush is uh it's more like a little small tree you know it, it makes it it's like a bush uh you know you can you can quit on you know, it, it makes okay, great fire. I, I used it for a campfire, and, you know, it, man, it burns great. Uh, yeah, it, it, and it's pretty much, you know, as far as the eye can see in that area I was at, the sagebrush. It was, they call it the sagebrush sea. But, uh, you know, you have yeah. Numa Tukata. Do you see what I mean by negative encounters? Uh, the, 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 they didn't, they didn't. They tried to reason with them, 
because they didn't want to just outright burn alive. And uh, right. and and there was there was no response. They had nothing. Not, they didn't want to give up. All they wanted to do was as soon as you turn your back, they want to eat you. Uh, Sarah Winamaka Hopkins wrote that they would dig holes and make traps for people, you know, just like you would an animal. Cover at the top of the hole and and then uh, try to make you run at night out of the camp, you know, and run into one of them. And and they would even, they would even eat the dead in the wars that, you know, when they were fighting them. And and they, they reduced their number from about 2,600 down to just a few. Wow. And 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 then, and then this was over a protracted length of time, and and the few that were left got on a reed boat, and I I thought that was interesting, uh, out in that old lake which is dried now. That's how long the rule was. They were on that right. reed boat, and they forced them. That every time they would try to land, that the uh, Paiutes would be there for them. And finally, they managed to get off the boat and scramble up into that cave. And so that's where that event took place. Uh, reed boats are a real interesting concept because there's only a few places that have been used extensively. And one of them is uh, Lake Titicaca. They use reed boats. In uh, Egypt, on the Nile, they use reed boats. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen that. But I, that's when you're talking about the reed boats. I know what they used to call, or they call dugouts here that, uh, they still practice in Alaska, I do believe, a dugout boat. But uh, a reed boat, it was more like what I had seen over in Egypt. and you know, Yeah, it's a very ancient, it's an ancient, ancient Polynesians used reed boats, too. It, it, uh, a friend of mine, Don Monroe, took a picture uh, probably approaching 50 years ago at the uh, downstairs in a cabinet at the Humboldt Museum and it, it was a giant skull that came out of Lovelock Cave. You could see the back guano stains all over it. And it had double rows of teeth on the top row. And uh, oh, Wow. Yeah, I heard of it, that. It, it, I wanted to and see it. It had, it had a rocker jaw. Uh, in other words, that you take the bottom jaw of the mandible and place it on a flat surface. It would not be flush. It would rock like a rocking chair. And... That is a characteristic almost exclusively of Polynesians. And, and so wow. you have to ask yourself, what were red-haired giants from Polynesia doing in northern Nevada? And, and, and it yeah. seemed to be re- reinforced by the fact that they made reed boats. Uh, so, yeah, uh, that was... Uh, Red hair all over the box, uh, as as the Paiutes say, and uh, I, it, apparently I found one of their handprints in there. Uh, me and Don Monroe did, uh, made of the same stuff that was on the ceiling. It was a, kind of a gooey tar. I could put its hand in it while it was still warm, and then put it over on a rock, and left that handprint. And it was a perfectly anatomically correct handprint, and it even yeah. it even left little ridges down each finger when it pulled off the rock because you know it was tacky like. Uh, yeah. And 
And uh, I, this is where I think people make mistakes when it comes to stories like that is they blow them off if they come from Indians. And and, and that's, that is very unfortunate. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, it's, and it's a contradiction, too, because if you look in the Bible, I mean, as we talked about, let's bring it up again, everyone keeps talking about the Nephilim and all kind of stuff, but Esau and Jacob, and who was Esau? He was the big brother, right? Or it was supposed to be. And he was covered from head to toes, including his hands and his feet, and red hair. And I just want to ask you, how many of you have ever met a woman who had twins and one came out as Bigfoot and the other one was like us? That story is telling us something deeper than we, uh, at first glance, and that uh, there has been a very long war going on between us and them. Um, and so when you hear about stuff like you know, finding a red-headed giant in the Middle East is not really that far-fetched no it's not and it, it, it kind of goes back to the to that can the kandar giant that he was talking about first is uh, that is it is it possible uh you go look at these old accounts uh even the one of goliath goliath would have met the description of that thing uh and and goliath was on was was an oddball he was he he, he was fighting for the philistines but the Philistines probably just as scared of him as anyone. They would parade him out there and let him holler insults, you know, at the uh, Israel at the Israel. Uh, and but nobody on, in the Israeli army would go out there and take him, take him on. And not even not even the army itself would. It was they were all scared of him. Uh, and, and it reminded me, it reminded me of a. Uh, the Area 51, when they first bought the land to make Area 51, they sent people out on horseback to try to make sure there was nobody in the area because they did not want someone to die from radiation. It said that, it said that they encountered an ancient miner who fought them with such ferocity that they could not get him out. So they decided to leave him there, and they left him there to die with the radiation. Now, they didn't say an old prospector. They didn't use that term at all. They used the term ancient miner. And this ancient ancient miner fought them with such ferocity that they decided to leave him there. The, The United States government could not get him out of there. That's odd. Wow. If you look at you look at the story too, just to to reinforce what you're saying, when you go back to the story of the redheaded giant that was found there you know, in uh, in Afghanistan, uh the first uh uh group of guys that showed up, all of them were slaughtered by this thing. And uh, a bunch a bunch of the guys from the second group or or a couple of the guys from the second group were too. And they put a a ton of lead in it before it supposedly died. And supposedly it's been shipped to the states and of all places. The wonderful state of Ohio, the heart of it all. Dayton. Right, right. Patterson Air Force Base, no doubt. Right. Yeah, so, you know, 
you know, there, there's more in it. And you look at these creatures and, uh, you know, and if they've been inbreeding with humans, now you start to look at the, uh, the abominations that have been taken that we were seeing throughout the country, especially in the East, the grass man. And I mean, it was good. It goes to go back to, uh, what, uh, you know, Jerry's talking about and about this infant with two nubs, you know, I mean, you're hearing stuff like this all over the place. You know, they, they look like they're, you know, uh, um, you know, they got down syndrome and that they are, um, well, they look like ghouls and <laughs> they look like monsters. They look like things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? So, uh, you know, by, they, by, by, by definition, I mean, it's just a description of a monster. The definition, as it, we find it in the, uh, the, the, you know, the dictionary, but you know, like I said, the mixed bloods are going to have various degrees. Because the real problem with that is that once mixed bloods have been introduced into the equation, then you the mixed bloods are going to uh, probably kidnap someone, a human, and have a child of, with mixed blood slash human, which is going to water down things further. Uh, to the point where you get people who are who have Sasquatch blood in them, but they look rather human, almost human. It's hard to tell, and and that's been that's been described over and over. Uh, there was a, a bear hunter in British Columbia who said he he watched through his rifle scope a group of Bigfoot, and he said some of them were completely hairy and others were hardly any hair at all. They looked like humans. But they were all together. Hmm. Uh, so you, you get that the, makes see, sense. That, not not understanding the problem is 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 a uh, in order to find something, you have to know your quarry. You have to know what you're after. If you don't, you probably walk by people with Sasquatch in them. Uh, they 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 didn't they didn't used to admit it. Uh, the geneticists would, would refuse to say that there was Neanderthal blood or there was Denisovan blood in the general population in certain areas of this world. But now that they got a really good sample of Denisovan uh, DNA from a tooth that they found in a cave, well, then they hold it up beside the local population, samples of the DNA around there, and they find out that they're having about 4% Denisovan uh, hominid genes in their, in their genetic makeup. So that, they know that it happens. They know that it did happen. We also know now that a lot of Europeans' blood has got a small amount of Neanderthal blood. So they know that there was, there was interbreeding between two completely different species but they were close enough that in a hundred tries or a thousand tries that it would, it would happen. And, and, and then the mixed blood have a little better success. At it. Then the, their offspring have even greater success at it. And next thing you know, the, it just, the gene disappears into the human pool, but it's still there. You can find it with the right kind of testing. Right. That we, so I want to jump in not, here for yeah yeah I want to jump in here for a minute that uh, 
the one video I had that I was talking about, I went to uh, uh, the town just north of here. Uh, there was a professor from uh, professor and anthropologist too from uh, oh uh, Wooster Wooster uh, College, and uh, he actually invited me because he had been watching different. Uh, groups in Ohio here of uh, Bigfoot researching. He wanted me there so he can say that Bigfoot was implausible. Okay. This is what MK is talking the same thing that science does not want to recognize it, but it's there. They know it's there, but they don't want nobody to say, okay. But I'm a nut, you know. I recognize it, but I'm not going to say anything. And that's what I had to go there and do <laughs> with with uh, the the uh, speech with this professor. And at the end, after he had done showed pictures, everything was all from the BFRO, and you know, showing this and showing that. And, he's, and then he got down to the last one, which was the, the Gimlin, uh, you know, the Patty, Patterson Gimlin film. And he said, uh, Bob Aronimus was one in the suit. And I hollered out there to him because I was on the other side of the stage. He is on one side, down with the other. I said, where is the suit? He said, they don't have one. I, I looked at the audience and I went, there you go. <laughs> well, I've seen enough of the Patterson film that the, that Bob Harada must be. He can show me the suit, and I wouldn't believe it. Um, yeah, there's just there's too much going on there, you know. And the you get a good version of it, you stabilize it. You see biomechanics. You see the same things that you see every day in life. I don't uh, have to no, look no, at no. it. You did it for us, MK. You did it for us. You showed, you showed on there. Not only that, too. I got you did a very great job. I think Thinker Thunker kind of just followed you a little bit, but you both come up with the conclusion of the angle of the step, how high the 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 rise is, you know, from your your knee down from your shin. Everything comes up don't match to a person's proportion the way they walk and the way Bob Hieronymus walked. He walked like he had a broke back and could barely walk at all, you know? Well, I would tell you, Bob, Bob Hieronymus is not an honest man. He, and that should be plain. Uh, and uh, Bob Hieronymus was also a good friend of Bob Gimlin. So, you know, yeah. uh, you, need, you need to keep in mind that these two guys have been and still are good friends. They're neighbors. Wow. Uh, I just that, know that's, that. Yes, and that, that's that's why that's why uh, uh, whenever whenever technology began to catch up with the Patterson film and it began to get clear, Bob Hieronymus mm-hmm. shows up. I did it. I did it. I'm yeah. the man. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. If you if I'm, I'm, you know, you got to kind of consider the fact that there are elements out there that don't want this film in any way verified. Um, 
So they, they provide their own people to vouch for it being inauthentic. And uh, you fellow like a lot of us, can you give them a few bucks? Yes. Uh, what what I knew positively that he was lying is when he said that he he walked on that white sand down at the creek. And there's no white sand down there. No, it's, uh, yeah. It, it's, 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 it's shale sand. It's goldberry. It's, it's called, it's called black thing. And it, yeah, it's exactly. almost, like it's, yep. it's almost black when it's wet and it's blue when it's dry. Uh, no white, no whiteness to it at all. And, and what he was, he was basing that on him looking at those, those generated copies of the film that had been copied and copied and copied until the, the, yeah. the sand, sand got overexposed. Uh, anytime you copy a positive to a positive, it builds contrast. The light, the light gets lighter and the darks get darker until the point where it washes out or it goes completely black. And when you watch one that's been copied three or four or five times and they show that one on TV, they never show the good version on TV, never. It was available, but they never did it. And he says, I walked on that white sand down there like it was a beach or something. I knew instantly that he was, this man was telling lies. Uh, well, when they showed his famous walk, him walking beside the restaurant or where he was, his feet wasn't even coming near close to as high as what Patty did. And you got to figure a big foot with a big foot, a Sasquatch, has got to raise their their foot that high. Even if somebody in a monkey suit with a rubber foot that they got to insert their own foot into ain't going to pull their foot that high without tripping. You know what I'm saying? I, it, it just didn't. It didn't compute, especially the little guy that was saying he made this, the original suit and this and that and the other. Why couldn't he show the suit? Why couldn't they prove the suit? They tried it on one show that I seen where it showed Bob making the steps and then running and this and that and the other in the suit, and it looked nothing, nothing like what you have showed on there, showing the muscle movement, uh, either the the bullet wound on the side of its leg or a mass on its leg. I don't know. We don't know. But you can't you can't fake that. And a, and even the I forget the guy the gentleman's name uh, Planet of the Apes said he couldn't made a suit back then that good. I doubt it. I doubt if we could be done today. Uh, the the reason why is because you're, you're looking at the biomechanics all working simultaneously. Everything's you can even the best CGI you can see that it's CGI. Right, you know, exactly. you know, they don't fool anyone. You can fool, it can fool you in like a short clip of about a second or two. If you watch it for a minute, you can tell it's not, it's not working. But the, the Patterson film, the more you clear it up, the more you stabilize it, the more real it looks. I, I say it, it uh, a hoax has got certain things built into it and nothing more. Okay, the hoaxer builds that into it. When you continue to get stuff out of the film for 10 solid years or 15 solid years and are still finding new things, then it, it wasn't something the camera person had control over. It was real life. 
Right. It it it, yep. uh, it just is what it is. It, it, if someone were to say, I'm going to use this film as a touchstone for Bigfoot, I'd say probably don't do it. The reason why is because it, that she's not a, a, a true giant. She's a mixed blood. Right. And, and, and mixed bloods vary. Uh, so the reason why she's bent over is because true giants can go down on all fours. Right. And they're, and they're built for it. She's got some of that in her. So she's not standing straight up. Uh, you see what I mean? It's, she's, oh, yeah. she's, it's got a, she's got some mixed, mixed blood of true giant and human where these true giants had forced themselves on some poor woman way back when. Uh, it's a, there were 10,000 Chinese in that area in the 1840s to the 1900s. Mining gold. Mining. Yep, mining and, gold. And they, they, they sure were. They lived live right there in the woods with the true giants. Yep. So you you got to understand what you're looking at. If you yeah, that makes giant, sense. That really does. It makes sense, you know. A true giant would look more like the 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 uh, Paul Freeman film, the video. It would be uh, more animal like. It would it would fit the description of a uh, upright walking ape pretty good. It'd be hard to hard to dispute it. Uh, See, that's what mouth. I was. That's that's what I was. Yeah. I was wanting to know about about the giants. They talk about the Nephilim, this and that and the other. Was they more human like looking, or was they more Bigfoot? like wild looking like you're describing now because you know like i said it's uh you know it's is, on the fence is it it's uh, they're, they're pretty ugly uh, it's not likely that uh, any human woman took up with them on her own <laughs> <laughs> well you never know if he's got a good personality he make she can make him laugh uh, you never know they all, they all got bad attitudes. <laughs> so uh, now I did have I I did have if you got a little bit more time here, real quick. I want to I want to talk about what he uh, M K Davis is talking about. I had some Indian artifacts and a college professor from OSU come and looked at them, and I had a pipe that I found down in Licking County here in Ohio, and. He was telling me after this, after because I do relic hunting, I get out and look for arrowheads, and and I know what to look for with Indian relics, and I'm pretty good at it. I got a whole box full of it. Anyhow, he uh, he was he was one in particular. It was a pipe made from the Paleo era, and he was telling me. He said, uh, and then I got telling him about you know my Bigfoot experience and this and that and the other. Uh, what I, you know, down here in Gambier, uh, my first sighting and everything, he said, you know, he said, they're doing a dig right now down on one of the serpent mounds or one of the mounds, not, it's not a complete serpent mound like the other ones here in Ohio, but the one here in Licking County, and he said, the professor's down there doing a dig on it. They found a 12 foot tall giant skeleton in there with a female skeleton.
skeleton on each side of it, Indian skeleton on each side of it. I said, what are they going to do with the body? Are they going to show it? Are they going to tell anything? He said, no. And he said, tell you honestly, I don't know where it will end up at. Now, this comes from a college professor from OSU that told me this, that paid me good money for that pipe. And he showed me his his card and everything. He had a card, actually, like a driver's license that was all, you know, uh, uh, got the plastic, hard plastic, just like driver's license. That was his college ID, his professor number, everything else on it. And I was like, well, why don't they let the public know about this? Why don't they let every, anybody know about this stuff? He said, I don't know. Now, I couldn't tell you. He said, but yeah, there you go. You've got a scientist right there knowing exactly what's coming out of the ground right here in Ohio, a 12-foot-tall skeleton, but then they don't want to tell nobody nothing about it, you know? Anybody else's thoughts on that? <laughs> well, I think they can do better than that. They shouldn't be hiding anything. You know, and, and yeah. we're, all, we're, all, we're all grown people. We can take it. You know, whatever, yeah. whatever, they, whatever they think, it, it, it must be something uh, in, in some legal or, or, or other, you know, problem with it, you know, that they want to want to hide it, keep it from having some kind of lasting, uh, you know, effect. Uh, so I, I don't really know. I don't travel the surface, but I, I know that down through the years, over and over again, they've done the same thing. And the Smithsonian is not an American institution. It was started by the British against our yeah. will. America turned it down and turned it down again. And they went and used their influence with the top politicians and pulled some strings and got them to say, go ahead. Yeah. Well, they, they say it's America's attic. No, no, it's America's stuff, but it's in Britain's attic. Yep. Um, and it's, Britain, deeper, it's, it's, it's deeper than that, MK. I mean, first thing people really need to do is uh, study the Treaty of Paris of 1783 and then... Uh, study uh, the War of 1812 to know who's actually been running this show. And like I said, you know, they're Europeanizing this country, and they have a reason for it, and it comes back down to their false narrative of what the world is, and it's based on their uh, false, uh, uh, deceptive uh, model of evolution, and that it contradicts a lot of things that they've been trying to tell us and teach us. Uh, hey, Michael. Yeah, I hate to cut you short. I'm gonna have to sign off myself, Jerry. It's been it's been great. I've enjoyed it thoroughly listening to you and your experiences. Uh, hey, uh, you too. Yeah, yeah. It's it, we'll talk again uh, sometime. Uh, yes, but I'm gonna have to sign off. It's, it's been got. Well, thanks, for, thanks, thanks, thanks for joining us, MK. We'll st- I'll talk to you. Thank Wednesday. you, Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hey, thank you, guys. Yep, I appreciate you, it. You can stay on a little bit longer, Jerry. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so anyway, so anyways, this whole false narrative about the um, evolution and all that, and these, you know, let's be honest, um, uh, 
if if all this is revealed and uh, all their time tables, their uh, different um, scenarios as far as what happened 100,000 years ago, 100 million years ago, two, 6 billion years ago, it pretty much goes out the window. And, uh, you know, they don't want to have their authority being ch- uh, challenged. So this is something that's right. serious because, you know, basically what it's saying is, and nobody in their right mind would believe that a skeletal twelve foot long skeleton was ten thousand years ago and survived, and it did, you know didn't uh, deteriorate. You know, nothing lasts forever. Uh, even the rocks themselves. So it's just uh, it's what it is, you know. And they have been pushing a scenario that, if you really look into it seriously, really used, you know some critical thinking and challenge it, you're going to realize that a whole, they've been li- lying to us about a whole bunch of things. So, But uh, anyway, oh, yeah. uh, yeah. um, which I do want to end this recording, but I don't want you to come off, just go, get off yet. So anyways, once again, this uh, uh, is Old Religion Dystopia, Knowing Versus Belief, uh, posted on the, uh, you can find it on TalkShoe.com, a couple other platforms, and of course it will be on uh, the YouTube channel. And I will send, uh, if you got an email, well, I can send that via uh, Facebook, um, the recording as well to you, Jerry. But Jerry, thank you very much. Yeah. Jerry Klein. And, hey, thank uh, you. And you can find him. Simply just plug in Jerry Klein Bigfoot and you'll come up to it. It's uh, Knox County Bigfoot Ward. And... Uh, <clears throat> Yeah, it's been interesting, and, I, and I, I'm dead serious. Go back to your very first video, you know, 13 minutes and 3-second video, and look at 10 minutes and 26 seconds and ask yourself, what is that in the water? I know it looks like a bunch of sticks but when you look, and grass, but when you look around, you ask yourself, why is that doing there in the middle of the water? And I think that dog... Are we off the air now? No, I'm going to end it right now. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Uh, um, uh, yeah. All right. So, so let me uh, let me uh, end the recording here. Thank you very much once again, uh, Jerry, and thank you again, uh, Okay. All right.